I started to separate like my worth from running. And I found like the, the more that separated, the more joy I got out of running because it was more of just like a, what if, like what could happen? Why not? I like who I am when I'm running. I like who I'm becoming. Hey guys, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark, a podcast where we sit down with female athletes, fitness professionals, and women in sports to learn their stories and their why, all in an effort to find inspiration and celebrate those blazing trails for the next generation. If you guys are loving hanging out with us each week, make sure you're downloading each episode or subscribe to the podcast and have them automatically downloaded when they are released every Tuesday morning. We love sharing these conversations with you guys. And so we want to continue bringing them and sharing them with your friends goes a long way. Now that that's out of the way, you guys, so many of you have been waiting for this episode. I've been seeing the videos floating around on social. I've been talking to so many of you about your excitement for it. I am sitting down with professional runner McKenna Myler. Most recently, McKenna ran the Olympic Trials Marathon down in Orlando 10 months postpartum, and she placed seventh, finishing just under 45 seconds behind the top three finishers. You may have seen her on social in that video I mentioned. She has an amazing video right now going viral that follows her from her final months of pregnancy to this race and then her thoughts as she hung with the lead pack this was one of the first times that she's been able to do that and it was a really interesting experience for her she told us this video though is totally on par for McKenna because about a year ago she raced the mile clocking in at five minutes 25 seconds nine months pregnant. This is also something she did when she was pregnant with her first child. And that was all just a silly bet with her husband about running a sub 830 mile nine months pregnant. And I think it's important to note that because none of this was to prove anything to anyone, but rather it was to challenge reality. And this is something that McKenna and I talk about today, challenging the truths we tell ourselves. It's a really interesting concept. And she explains that we can basically convince ourselves of anything if we really want to, good and bad. And this is really a concept that will keep you thinking for sure. It certainly has my wheels spinning. McKenna also talks about why she loves the sport, why she has stuck with it through college, post-grad, and now as a mom of two. This is something that's really interesting to me about McKenna's story. It's that she has been able to and continues to find her worth and identity off the roads to fuel her life as a professional runner. This is something that so many athletes chase, trying to find an identity outside of their sport. Often it's easier said than done and it takes time and it's something that McKenna has been able to do and she acknowledges it's something that she will always need to do. I've mentioned pregnancy a few times here. McKenna is the mom of two and we touch on the lessons that she hopes to share with her kids. And I loved this conversation because it's not what I was expecting, but after talking with her, it makes total sense and it is so beautiful. But don't worry, we are also talk about the incredible Olympic trials marathon. We talk about her strategy going in, the strategy she executed, any regrets she may have, and acknowledge the remarkable field of women that she ran with. 
this group is truly creating a new standard for the American distance runners. So please welcome McKenna Myler to the On Her Mark podcast. Congratulations on such a successful marathon. You placed seventh. You are 45 seconds from qualifying for the games. Tell me what that experience was like. It was a huge learning experience, actually. Uh, the marathon, I think, on it, honestly, is like different every time for everybody. It was also this like really incredible experience to uh, be in such a deep field of women with so much talent. I had a, a lot of respect for that. And I realized like I had goals going in to be top 10. And then as the gun was going off, I was like, this is going to be the hardest top 10 like I've ever accomplished because <laughs> the women here are just incredible and have accomplished a lot of incredible things. Uh, and so it was a awesome experience. My leg, like, marathon's great. Your legs should feel good for at least 20 miles. And my legs felt good for 18. So then it just got hard from there. And it was, <laughs> then I was grateful I didn't make the team. But <laughs> what, was, so you talk about at that, that 18 mile mark or 20 mile mark, right? Where that's like when you're feeling good and then you kind of have to um, break into this like survival mode, maybe like, what is it that like, how do you mentally, like, where did you go mentally for those last eight miles? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so my coach always says, he's like, you can't go anywhere mentally if you're not there nutritionally. You know, you can dig as hard as you want, but if your body's not giving you anything, like then it doesn't matter how tough you are, you're going to be done. And so I think that is like the whole goal of the race is like setting yourself up nutritionally. And that was tricky because like you feel so good in the beginning of the, the timing of this race was that so that uh, it was pretty manageable weather in the beginning, but yeah. the last hour got pretty hot. And so I think a lot of people were kind of having to navigate or suffer through the nutritional and sodium deficits that were happening. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so it's more that. And so mentally, yeah, you kind of have to be like, okay, am I staying like in a zone that I can control? And like, I'm not digging myself in a hole where I'm just going to like drop off and be like, like, like some people like made it to mile 24 and they're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, so so it's really being in a manageable spot and, and it's kind of fun to have to like, <laughs> like, okay, I can do this. And, then, and it's a roller coaster as well. Like you're, you're like, I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. And then all of a sudden you get some food and you're like, I can do this. I think I'm alive. <laughs> um, so it is, it's a funny, marathon's a funny thing like that. <laughs> and you are, I mean, I mean, you obviously have accomplished a lot in running, but specifically more in like the 5k, 10k and marathons are relatively not new yeah. to you, but you're newer to the sport. What was your strategy going into this 26.2? Yeah. Um, it was definitely to take, um, cues off of people who are more experienced than I was. The strategy was, you know, uh, I actually didn't follow the strategy exactly as I should have. So. We won't tell anyone. Yeah, I, I was fortunate. My legs felt a little bit better than we thought they would. The strategy was kind of to like hang back and let kind of the big hitters fall off um, and then pick them off at the end. I ended up kind of going with plan B of the strategy of like my legs feel really good and I'm going to like learn how to race up front, like with these women. And that was like a really valuable experience for me. So mm -hmm. again, though, being in that like front group, like taking cues off the women of like how good you can kind of tell how, how good everyone's feeling and 
that was also like something that was going through my head a lot is like these, no one's suffering more than someone else. Like we're all hurting <laughs> just as much as like the other person. It was good to learn from a lot of the girls who did have experience and, mm-hmm. you know, were good at managing their energy and staying relaxed with them. It's a, it's a good feeling. <laughs> I like there that you bring up kind of the B strategy because so many times I think in running, we hear like the A plan, the B plan, the C plan, and like the D plan, which is like yeah. survive, <laughs> like make yeah, it through, like do you. what you need to do. But it's, it's cool to hear that for you, it was the B plan that worked for you. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a worse day. Cause in this case, it sounded like that was a better day than than the plan, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, because like you have Heather McLean who came up, who did kind of like the strategy I wanted to do and she came in fourth. But like I said, like, I don't think I'm like, have like any like regrets about this race. And I learned so much from like, I've never been in that experience of like running with the lead pack and learning how everyone surges and uh, navigates that part. And and then just like feeling that energy was really invaluable to me. And it, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm happy with how the race went, but I'm sure I yeah. could have raced better. Like there, there, the could have, would have, could have, should have, right. We're always going <laughs> to, yeah, right, especially right. as the, yeah. as the elite athlete that you are. Right. Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to qualifying to race this because that, I mean, you're 10 months, 10 months postpartum with your yes. second and you trained, you started training during your pregnancy, right? Like you called Ryan and it was like, after I give birth, we're going to yeah. train together. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, we're starting now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what was that, that the to qualify for this? Because this, if my understanding is like, this was the goal was to race the Olympic trials yeah. uh, marathon. So, but you had to qualify for that. So what was uh, right. the race back in, what was it, November? Uh, October. Yeah. October. October. Yeah. What was racing that like for you? I did have the marathon trials in mind, right. When I called up Ryan, but it's like, that kind of slides to the back. I wasn't like thinking about that a ton, my pregnancy. Like, I think the main focus is, was, and always is kind of like to see like what potential comes out. Uh, Mm -hmm. just by like performing at like a high level and like consistently trying. And so with, you know, like during pregnancy where (laughs) things got hard, I don't know. Yeah. Like you do get to like, look back and think about that goal. Going back to the McCurdy, things didn't quite come together the same way, especially after my first, I felt like I came back a lot quicker with just moving forward with training and being able to be healthy and move yeah, start training again. With the second one, I didn't get to nap whenever I wanted, right? Because I have a <laughs> two-year-old I'm coming yeah. after. Um, and so the the recovery was like a little bit slower. I was still running again, but the times just weren't clicking quite as much. So running that first marathon was actually really scary for me because I knew like the preparation wasn't perfect, right? Or And not that I was to be perfect, but I knew I wasn't like doing everything I could be doing for it to be clicking. And then also I'd only ran the New York before that, where I'd completely bonked off of like not getting my nutrition. And so I ran that marathon very cautiously, like, Mm -hmm. like just get to mile 20 feeling really, really good. And I had a lot left at at the end of that marathon. I ended up running like a ton of it by myself. And so it just like, I wasn't, I didn't really get to like push that next level. But anyway, 
yeah, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that way, it was hard. But there was a lot of there was a lot of preparation, a lot of little things that I was like the the consistency I knew would be there. Um, even if it like like we talked about with the A, B, and C race, if you're doing things consistently, like even your C race is going to be good. And maybe mm-hmm. it's not your A day, but like if you feel prepared, like your C race will be good. <laughs> yeah. So interesting there to talk about kind of the the coming back from your first pregnancy and then getting back into running after your second pregnancy. I've never had kids, so I can't speak from experience (laughs) here. However, I would, I would assume that running pregnant and running postpartum, there has to be a strong connection with your body and understanding what -hmm. you're capable of, you know, where the boundaries are to push and where to pull back. And uh, that's something that you I think had kind of worked on earlier in your career too, to understand your body. Can you talk about how valuable learning your body earlier in your career helped you during the pregnancy and then postpartum? That's that's a great question. So I, I will go back to this where I feel like I am a very good sleeper. And I have also spent a lot of years like going into my nutrition and kind of what I'm sensitive to, how to kind of lower inflammation in a sense, like from nutrition. And so I bring that up because I think sometimes like we, we say this, like, listen to your body and like things will work out. But it's like, if you didn't sleep last night, like your body's not going to be sending you the same signals as if like you Mm -hmm. slept eight hours. Um, And that, you know, like when your body's on, then it's like, those are the times to listen to your body. (laughs) But like, if your Mm -hmm. body's depleted, if you've just ate like donuts after your workout, then like your body's missing protein that is not like helping you. And you're, of course, you're going to want more donuts because like you haven't fulfilled that protein deficit. Mm -hmm. So going back to like what you were saying, like being able to be in tune with your body, I think like a huge part of that is first setting yourself up for success to be in tune with your body. Like even with, um, with the pregnancy, like I was really into lifting and like fortifying my body in college. Um, and that played over the years, like, you know, so five years after college, when I'm like having a baby that lifting, like is still like playing into effect of like having a healthy and like a sustainable pregnancy where I can like listen to my body because it's strong enough to do the training I'm like asking of it. Then, yeah, like you said, I learned a ton after my first child, like understanding, like, is this pushing too fast or is this not pushing too fast? Is this a red flag pain or is this something that we can kind of work through? And that also happened from like exploring my options of people who are really helpful, like a pelvic floor specialist. And I went to go see one after the second one this time to be like, and she, she pointed me down different directions that could help, which was really helpful. And then this is maybe another reason why things have gone a little bit better. I've gotten to be like faster in a sense from the first one, because I I know my, I'm not as cautious, I guess, because I like understand the tones of my body of like when it's telling me a real red flag, green flag or yellow flag. That's been really helpful. That's such a valuable thing. And I'm so glad that you brought up the listen to your body comment. Cause I, I feel like that happens so often when people are talking about nutrition or talking about workouts. So like, just listen to your body. And you're like, if I knew what my body was telling you, I wouldn't be asking this question. 
<laughs> well, and it's so funny because running is seriously both, both of those things like on the recovery days, right. It's like constantly mm-hmm. like, listen, to your body, listen, to your body, listen, to your body. And then on race day, everyone's like, don't listen to your body. Just like <laughs> hammer, like just go, you know? And it's like, it is, it's about finding the balance between the two, right? Like what signals in your brain are, are just trying to save you because it was like, that's the way we're built as humans or like what signals in your brain are actually like, they're like, you are doing damage right now. Please stop. <laughs> right. Right. <Yeah. laughs> right. And so I have to bring up when you were nine months pregnant with your first, with your daughter and yeah. you ran the 525 mile, <laughs> which I think is so funny because it started as like this good spirited bet with your husband. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like right. you weren't trying to prove anything to anyone except you were trying to get a hundred dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I was just like, I can stay in shape. It'd be great. <laughs> so, so what did you learn from that experience? I mean, other than like breaking the internet and having people be wildly impressed with your abilities, but what did you learn about yourself? My husband and I talk a lot about this, like reality that we live in. And I think that was like a huge learning experience for me, like where I was living in this reality that seemed so normal to me. I had no idea that it was like so adjacent to like other people's reality of like what pregnant women should be doing. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is the way I'm like living my life. So like with my running, uh, kind of living in a very like honest reality, um, it, like it shifted to that, right. Where, uh, I, I like, how do I explain this? That, um, it's not like you're a liar, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not like outright lying, but I think sometimes we justify things and we justify mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, that's like totally just human nature. And I was a huge justifier, self-sabotager, like constantly being like, well, you know, like I ate this whole box of cookies. Like, so of course, like my workout wasn't that good. And then if I did eat the box of cookies and my workout was good, it's like, well, I ate a whole box of cookies and I had this good workout. So it's like, you were constantly like having this excuse in your back pocket kind of thing. Or like, I didn't sleep that well last night or like this. And they're real excuses. Like they're real yeah. justifications. Uh, and so- that kind of was like addressing the honest reality of what um, I was justifying and being like, okay, how can we actually make this not a justification? And we're going to be like vulnerable here and be like as prepared as possible um, and not be scared of the outcome of like our best effort. Not scared of the outcome of your best effort. That's a scary thing when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a really scary thing. I think a lot of people are just like underdeveloped in their potential because, because of that, like, no matter what, I, I like that'll continue to be something like I have to work through as being like, Hey, am I, am I like showing up with my best here? And like, is my best not going to be good enough? And that's okay. I'm not going to be the best in the world. That's okay. <laughs> and that doesn't mean you have to tr- try any less or any harder or whatever, yeah, right? It's just right. that that is, that right. is the reality. So I want to kind of go back here a little bit to your love of the sport. A lot of people say, well, when I have kids, my, especially female athletes, right? Have this timeline. Once I start having kids, things look different. Fortunately, in our generation, people like you are rewriting that narrative for so many. When did you know that you loved running? It's such a good question because it just what it wasn't a single point in time. Like it's something that had to be like reiterated 
from high school till now. Like in high school, it was kind of like, why am I doing this to myself? I think that was kind of like the question that kept coming up. Like, why am I doing this to myself? And it's like, what do I really enjoy about this? And having to like really self-reflect on that. And in high school, I mean, there was a huge team aspect, right? And then in college, I was so curious about my potential and I just wanted to know like so badly um, like how well I could perform and then you know post-college and this like continued to develop where I started to separate like my worth from running and I found like the the more that separated the more joy I got out of running because it was more of just like a what if like what could happen why not I like who I am when I'm running I like who I'm becoming and I can take running away and still be me and have like a lot of worth and things to offer this world. But like, I'm choosing to do this, like offer things through running. I can think of like turning points where my mom was like, you should just quit. Like you should just be done. Like, don't like where I'm crying, like so upset (laughs) about running, you know, she's like, just be done. Like you don't have to keep running. And, And I had to reflect and be like, I know I do like I want to be doing this and like the Mm -hmm. people I'm connecting with like I met such great people uh, entering the club scene post-college where um, you know I wasn't sponsored as a pro but you you're just running with like the community basically Mm -hmm. and like those are lifelong friends I'm gonna have forever Um, and that really like kind of kept solidifying how much I I loved what running was like revealing and and building me uh, to be. <laughs> how did you do that? How did you, how did you even begin? Cause I think so many athletes are after that, right? They're yeah, especially yeah. like you hear collegiate athletes, all of a sudden they're, they're not, they're not pursuing the sport professionally. And mm-hmm. they all of a sudden are like, who am I without this? Yeah, and I love right. that you were able to, to do both, to find your worth outside of the sport and continue to do it. Was there any, I hate to say, was there a secret to it, but was there like, did you start doing other things that you like found joy in that, that supplemented? How did you accomplish that? Yeah. I mean, like that, that partially started happening, right. Like when I was in college and like that separation a little bit. Yeah. I had like things outside with my family, but then also having kids was like a huge thing that like solidified my worth like as a mom where mm-hmm. I, I mean not worth as a mom because like again like that's that's not going to be your full full worth like you have more to offer knowing that I was like building something that's kind of like I, I always use this word and I feel like it's starting to become cliche but that like fulfillment that you feel it's like you feel just so much fulfillment when you're creating and that's like with kids that's with your work that's with your art that's with music like sports like those that's a life of creating and I think you're going to get me down this hole, but like with like social media, that's like a life of consuming. And I think that's a lot of times why we feel like this emptiness because we are meant to be creating and we're meant to be like connecting and creating. What do you hope that they learn from watching their mom chase her dream while being a mom to them? You know, what's funny. Um, I actually like don't want them to even know anything. (laughs) what do you mean by that i don't want them to know that their mom was a professional runner like i no, no that'll end up happening for sure i think a lot of moms think like 
oh, like I need to be performing at this high level and whatever they're doing. So my kids respect me or whatnot. I mean, there, there is a level to that, right? Like where your kids see what you're doing. I don't think they care so much about the results and the outcome as they see the process or they see that mom's being intentional. They see that like mom, yeah, is, is working towards something. And I, I do want them to see that, but I also want them to cultivate like their own identity with their success. Um, like it doesn't have to do with my success. <laughs> they're not going to be successful because I'm successful. Like they're going to be successful because they feel loved and like they feel, uh, and that we've like set them up with like good values and good habits. Like hopefully <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? we're not perfect by any means. <laughs> they're going to feel a lot more success in life uh, going after things, like not trying to be, not worrying about what me or, or their dad accomplished. So yeah, I guess if anything, like the intentionality of living life and like creating a story for yourself is what I want them to learn from all this. I love that you mentioned there the process and the intention, because I see, you know, you post these photos of your husband riding a bike with your kids yeah. with you. And to me, that's, that's, it feels like the value there is, is family and, and time spent together, yeah. uh, which is really cool to see that you're incorporating <laughs> them in, in your world in that way without, it sounds like without saying I'm, you know, we're out here because we're going to qualify. It's we're out yeah. here because we're together. And we enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, I, and I do think that too, like I want them to know like their mom and dad, like enjoy life and have like an awe and amazement for life. And I want them to have that because that just makes life so much more fun. <laughs> so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway. So we, you also talk about the community and finding the community post-college in running. And that's so important. And I know that so many people who aren't professional runners who have found running have found community in that. Uh, yeah. We kind of call it like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but people call like you have your friends and then you have your runner friends. Yes. <laughs> like there's a clear <laughs> oh, distinction. Yeah, totally. totally. We even like, have that in the professional world. I'm like, I guess I don't really hang out with you. We just go running together. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about anything that comes yeah. off the table. <laughs> uh, and I know I read that uh, during, I think it was your first race back after your daughter and okay. Molly Seidel kind of gave you the, was your hype woman to get you <laughs> through. And I want to, I want to ask about this because I think that people look at competitive running professional runners and mm-hmm. it can look like such an isolated Mm-hmm. sport and that you're running against each other but there's yeah. a lot of community there that we don't see that that does exist can you speak a little to that um that's so funny because molly actually had some like very key things to say to me in this build that has helped like me address the marathon because she she was like so experienced so when we'd go running and stuff like She's very social. She loves to uh, run with everyone. And so we would go run every once in a while. And yeah, she's got like a lot of, of really good advice, but, and and every, like, so I, I'm in Flagstaff where there's just like a lot of elite women. We're all sponsored by different people. There's a ton of community of supporting each other. And what I think is so fun is like, I, and this is like, even in the, the marathon, this marathon that I just ran, like a huge mindset for me was like, I can't run this fast without these women. One of my favorite things is, is what competition means. Like the root word 
is to like seek honestly together. And that's like what competition is, is you're seeking honestly together, but like to the line. And like, I'm not going to be able to seek like my boundaries, like my limits, my like into deeper levels of myself, like without Emily Durgin, you know, pressing me from behind or <laughs> or in front of me uh, or like watching Sarah Hall in front of me. Yeah. These women who, um, yeah, we get to compete against, we, we get to like really work together to see like what level we can get to. <laughs> um, yeah. And like that's why the depth of of the American women right now is like so incredible. I think because that's been contagious. That's like been filtering through everybody being really supportive of each other, and everyone's like finding new bests because of that. I that's less scary to show up to the line when you're like we're all working together. This is yeah, great. One hundred percent. What? Yeah. So we we love Molly here in Boston because she used to be a barista here in Boston. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, we love Molly for other reasons as well. However, we we like to claim her a little bit as ours. <laughs> you should. She's a lovable yeah. person. She's great. She's she's hard not to love, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what advice did she give you for the for the marathon? Oh, it might be a secret. It might be a secret. Okay. <laughs> no, I feel like it. No, she's just, uh, I mean, she's just giving me like talking about like energy management again mm-hmm. and like how to use as little energy as possible until you have to. <laughs> it's kind of the secret of the marathon. And Which then- I hope you know that everyone watching you guys compete, when you say little energy, you're doing everyone's like full out sprint yeah. for 26.2 <laughs> miles. So it's all relative. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Right. But yeah, just like staying as relaxed as possible and, mm-hmm. and knowing like what, when people come back to you, she's just like, She's, she's a really good racer, Molly, mm-hmm. um, as you know. Yeah, yeah. everyone. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, so as we look ahead here, what is next for you? So I will be doing the 10K and the 5K for the Olympic trials. I say I will be doing, I haven't. So you have to run a time to qualify for the trials. So okay. I've been pregnant since that window opened. So, uh, I have to run a qualifying, uh, 5k and 10k time to go, but, um, yeah, hopefully I'll just be, I'll be competing there in June. And that's kind of the next, next thing, chase some A standards. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And as we wrap up here, I ask everyone if there is a mantra or saying that they lean on, uh, to get through tough runs, tough days in life, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have quite a few. It's like, what do I share? <laughs> I feel like I have like a lot of, it's hard to share this because it's like, it's nothing special, but I, I really think like, I tell myself to like relax constantly and like to, to not just like relax, like mentally, but it's like to show it in my body, relax, like relax your face, relax your shoulders, um, relax. Yeah. Your arms, like when you're moving what do I even say to myself? <laughs> it's hard. I find that a lot of people like it's in the moment, right? Like, it's like, what do I say? It's like, it, whatever it calls for. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I can't think you know of that because of my child. I'm always telling her like, relax yeah, our bodies. We're all relaxing. <laughs> it's not helpful unless we're relaxed. <laughs> but that's sometimes a reflection. I think that that's like, so it kind of circles back to the beginning of this conversation when talking about knowing yourself and like you can feel when you're when you need to just relax yeah totally totally and I think that's actually so it is true too because I was thinking like at the end of this last race I'm like you just need 80 percent 80 percent 80 percent because there's this like 80 percent rule where 
you think you're going 80%, but really you're going a hundred percent because, but it feels like 80% because you're relaxed. It's like, anyway. (laughs) Oh yeah. So if you tell your athlete, you're like, I just want you to go 80%. They actually are like really efficient because they're relaxed at like a hard effort. Um, instead of like, if you tell them to go hundred percent and they're like tense and they like, are like, okay, hundred percent. They're not, they they could run like relatively similar times. So that's interesting. All right. 80% approach everything with 80%. The big deal to be relaxed and relax into the pain. relax into the pain. Well, this has been so fun. Congratulations. And we look forward to all that's to come for you, McKenna. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. (laughs) So many incredible takeaways from our conversation today. Her love of the sport, finding worth outside of running, And the phrase I keep repeating in my head, and yes, it's already on a sticky note on my desk. Don't be scared of the outcome of your best effort. I'll say that again. Don't be scared of the outcome of your best effort. All right, guys, make sure that you're following McKenna on social at Ben's McKenz. And remember, you can stay locked in on all things on her mark on social by following MBCS Boston. And I'm over at underscore hannah.donnelly and do us a favor like i mentioned off the top of the show download this podcast rate it leave a review subscribe share it with a friend post it on social media that helps us so much in this space and it will help us to continue bringing you conversations like these all right guys that does it for me today i'll catch you next time